Um, my name is Lillian. I'm with the Houghton MC, and I am hosting tonight at my house. So if you don't have an MC, come by. I'd love to personally invite you. All right, I'm going to read. <coughs> and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I have commanded you not to eat? The word of the Lord. Be seated. Kids, don't leave just yet. Um, kids, you have your flower. Can I see your flowers real quick? Hold them up for me. Um, this flower is to remind you of something very, very important. Uh, our friend Lillian just read uh, this piece of scripture that might be the saddest in all of scripture is that God created this perfect world and, and started with this garden that he placed Adam and Eve in this perfect garden and this flower you were given us to remind you of that perfect garden where man and woman walked with God it said in the cool of the day which I can't imagine how beautiful that must have been but then sin entered, right? Sin entered and the walking with God and the presence of God, everything changed and sin came into the world. But the story doesn't end there. Jesus came, amen? He came and made a way for us so that we could walk with God again. And I just blew up this thing. Hello? It's on. Oh, we're going handheld now. Check, check, check. All right. Sin entered, Jesus came, lived a perfect life for us and restored our relationship with the Father so that if our faith is in Christ, kids, and all of us, we can walk with God in the cool of the day again. And here is the hope for today, kids, is that we as a church, we are all in that we learn to walk with God through his word every single day. And so we have this reading plan. Here's what I need from you kids. You're gonna go back to the kids area and that's gonna be great. When you get home today, ask your parents about the reading plan and let's walk with God together. That sound good? All right, kids, you're dismissed to the back uh, to your teachers. Have fun, but not too much fun. You know, you know what I mean there? And so, okay, that's good, that's good. What he said, I don't want to know what he said. I don't want to know what he said. Okay, okay. And Connor. Let me pray for us. Uh, dear Father, even as Luke prayed earlier and we were asking, I want to ask right now for your presence. that your spirit would guide us right now, Father, and guide us to you. Not to problems, not to worries, not to distract, but that we would literally as one set our attention, our focus, our adoration on you, and that we would learn from you, be renewed by you, find hope in you. I love you, Jesus. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Walking with God. It's interesting how much of life happens as we literally walk with people, as we walk, I'll never forget, um, me and Tracy were dating and, um, not for too long, but we dated for a little bit and I'll never forget. I had these plans. We were going to Natchitoches and eat at 
one of those nice places on Front Street, you know, and after we ate, we were going to take this nice little walk down Front Street by the river. Was it Cane River? Is that what it is? Yep. Let's go. And I, and I, and I remember us walking. That's where I first told her I loved her. And I know the tree. I know the spot where we walked. I remember all of that. And it's, it's a beautiful moment. Now, quick, if you're dating someone here and you tell them you love them, don't also say I'm ready to marry you unless you have a ring. Because I was like, I was just so excited. I, like, I want to marry you, Tracy. And she's like, oh, we're doing this. Like, no, 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 we're not doing this right now. I have no ring yet. And so I kind of messed it up. But still a great special memory walking along <laughs> Cane River together. Even, um, remember uh, COVID, the, the first like uh, month of COVID, we know what was going on. We all just walked around outside your neighborhoods. Remember that? I love that. My kids have great memories of us just walking around, waving at people from a distance, not knowing what's going on, and just kind of enjoying each other's company and life. It's some of the purest, sweetest things that we do. That's relationships, isn't it? It's walking, it's talking, it's listening, it's responding. This is why Genesis 3 is so tragic, because man was walking with God in the garden. And then they decided to walk somewhere else and everything was broken. They got out of step with the king and everything was broken. And I believe that relationship, the relationship of walking with the father, if I could like sit down with you for a few hours and ask you a lot of questions, and if you were honest, I believe to the center of every one of our souls, what we're actually longing for the most is to walk with the father in the cool of the day. It is the thing that our souls were literally made for. And I think the enemy and the world has distracted, has distorted all these things. But if we remove all that stuff, what you're longing for is to walk with him. So here's, here's, here's a secret I want to tell you. And if you hear this, we can go home. We're not, but we can. And here's the secret. Walking with God is the secret to life. Walking with God is the secret to life. Psalm 16 says this. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is half joy, quarter joy. There's a fullness of joy. Just at your seat, right? just ponder moments in your life of the fullness of joy. When you have just, you just kind of like sing and skip and laugh and there's just this unbridled peace and joy. We've tasted those moments, but in his presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This kind of fullness of joy is only found in walking with him. It's where it's found, but today the questions I want to answer is what does that look like? So we're going to be in Luke 24, and we're going to look at really a fascinating story. Um, this is like Jesus just resurrected, and there's these two disciples. We, we know one, his name is Cleopas, the other we're not sure of. Could be his wife, some say, could have been Peter, could have been Luke, could have been all these people. We're not sure, but they were on this road to Emmaus after Jesus resurrected, So I'm just going to read the beginning of the passage to us, and we're going to jump into a few things on it. 
Luke 24, verse 13. That very day that he resurrected, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. I'm already out. Seven miles is too much for me. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. Like, can you imagine this conversation? Like, Jesus was crucified. They've been following him, seen all these miracles, knew some stuff he had said. But I think we forget about Saturday too many times. We're like, well, he told you he was going to resurrect. But there's always that Saturday where it's just quiet. You know what I'm talking about? And it's on those kind of Saturdays where we begin to wonder and be discouraged and confused. And our friends right here are in a Saturday kind of world spiritually where they don't know what's going on. And they're just confused and sad. Let's keep going. But while they were talking, this is where it gets good, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Just love this. They're talking. All of a sudden, Jesus comes up. But hear this. But their eyes were kept from seeing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? Like, come on, you don't know what's going on. And he said to them, Jesus is just interesting here. He said, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, that's key to see their perspective in that moment, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified in him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. This is where their confusion and sadness comes from. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things had happened. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen, I'm sorry, verse 22. Some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and they did not find his body. They came back saying they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. These two guys are confused. They are sad. And part of the reason is because their idea of who God was supposed to be, of who the Messiah was so, supposed to be was so strong, they could not see the risen Savior right there. And think, here about this evidence they ignored. First, the use of this language in 21 on the third day. It's a reminder. They remember the words of Jesus who would say on the third day, I will rise again. They had heard these things. They had the account of the women at the tomb that said, the, the angel said he's risen and he's alive. They had seen as they followed him all the moments of miracles and power. He raised Lazarus from the dead. They knew all these things. Yet they had that Saturday kind of faith. And you've been there, I think, before too, where you know the story of the resurrection. You've heard it, you believe it. But then some days we just don't functionally believe it. And we feel so far away from God and so confused. I 
I was watching this interview uh, this week with uh, Tim Keller, pastor who passed away a few months ago. And he was asked this question. He said, they asked him, what would you say to a young Christian who was nervous about the future? What would you say? His answer was this. If 2,000 years ago, Jesus really got up out of that tomb, and if he really talked to hundreds of people, and if he really ascended, everything is going to be okay. If Jesus really walked out of that tomb, everything is going to be okay. And my soul, if I was tired, the Holy Spirit just, I just started weeping because too many times I live my life when I'm not walking with God, forgetting the true story of the empty tomb. And I don't feel like it's all going to be okay, but we've gathered today to declare one thing. We know how the story ends, but we too often forget. And here's why, because as we've seen him in Psalms one, we walk in the different way of the world. We walk in this different rhythm, in a hurried rhythm, and we don't walk with the Father, and then we forget. But here's what's amazing. It's true that we forget. It's true these two guys were doubting God. But here's the grace and the mercy of Jesus on full display. He doesn't strike them down right there. He keeps walking with them. So good news, if you're a doubter today, or if you're tired today, if you're confused today, if you've messed up today, I believe Jesus is still walking with us and guiding us. Look at verse 25. It says, he said to them, O foolish ones, bless your heart, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them and all the scriptures, all the things concerning himself. Let's see our first point today. Walking with God helps us see clearly. Walking with God helps us see clearly. See, our friends on this road to Emmaus, they are walking with like almost like a blindfold on, a blindfold of worry, of sadness, of doubt, and they were not walking in truth. But then Jesus came along and he walked with them and truth came, clarity came. And see this phrase foolish here is less about them not being smart and more about them being obtuse and stubborn. Even this phrase uh, we see here, slow of heart, it's calling attention to their failure to think fully around the teachings of Jesus. What he's saying here, they did not have a knowledge problem. They had a heart problem. What Jesus really did was bring correction and clarity to their hearts. The way a loving parent would, the way a good friend would. We see this from Paul to Timothy, right? In 2 Timothy 2, that scripture is there for reproof, for rebuke, for, correct, for correction. As we walk with him, we will be corrected. This is what I call for myself the conviction of the secret place. That when I get away and I walk with God and I hold scripture up as a mirror to me, at that moment, I am open to correction from the king of the universe. Where our fa my father lovingly points out, honestly, where I am slow, 
and stubborn and obtuse and forgetful of the truth. I think one of, how do I say this? In love. I think one of our biggest issues is time and attention. We receive correction now primarily through social media or through a YouTube video or through a podcast. That is where the the, the most of our time and our attention goes to. And there can be truth in those things, but here's the slippery slope as we listen to the ways of the world through these means. Is many times those means are saying, do more, do this, do better, work harder. And we can't. Because we're not receiving correction from the voice of the Father who says, come to me. But this correction doesn't just help us see more clearly. We also see Jesus, look here back again in verse 27. He began with Moses and the prophets and he interpreted to them all the scriptures. Can you imagine walking with Jesus as he unpacks everything and how it points to him? What are our Bibles, our kids' Bibles say that it whispers his name, every story whispers his name? Jesus walks through with these guys and he shows them how this is true. Here's the takeaway. As we learn to walk with God through the scriptures, we begin to see Jesus in all the scriptures. But hear this, just like these disciples, this does not happen overnight. They had been with Jesus for a long time, learning from him, following him, walking with him, studying him. But then through this special encounter, Jesus revealed himself in this special way. And the same way as we walk with him day in, day out, we begin to see how he is the hero of the story. We begin to see how even in the Old Testament, we can find Jesus in the midst of those things. But hear this, this does take time. This takes consistency. This takes digging Many times as a pastor, I talk to people, even myself included, if I'm honest with you, that have trouble with scripture. Listen, this is not always easy to understand. And especially when you get to some of these really tough Old Testament passages and and how to interpret those and how to find Jesus in those is even sometimes more intimidating. But here's, here's the secret, church. Read scripture 10 minutes a day, every day for 10 years. And you'll be amazed at how you begin to see Jesus in the scriptures. See, what we want is a steroid shot and the way God has wired us is for a vitamin every day. It's just this slow growth, this slow revealing. This is what I see in my friends. I see this in Luke, uh, Mr. Thomas, Miss Donna, Miss Julie. Talk to Miss Miss Leslie or Heather or Dave or Reynolds or Lindsay or Emily. There's people in our church that are mature saints, and if you really talk to them, it wasn't like this one download they got. It is this faithful walking with Jesus day in, day out for a long time where God does this miraculous thing and reveals himself. But it's literally daily bread that we have to come to him and walk with him. But it's not just our understanding that grows as we walk with God. We, are, we, we see the world more clearly. We put on kingdom glasses, but also our hearts expand. Look at verse 28. It says here, they drew near to the village to which they were going. 
He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And at that moment, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight. Do not tell me scripture is boring. This is incredible. All the twist. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? We see here their eyes are open, but their hearts are moved. And here's why. Walking with God makes us alive, church. Walking with God makes us alive. I noticed this this morning in verse 29, this phrase here, stay with us as it's getting close to evening. It's that cool of the day. And I couldn't help but think back to Genesis 3, where the father was looking for Adam in the cool of the day to walk with him. And now these friends on this road are walking with God in the cool of the day because he makes all things new, church. He makes us alive. They're saying, stay with us. It's this idea as we walk with God, he makes us more and more alive. We just want more of him. There's something I've I've, I've seen and learned. When I am not walking with God, I was talking to Dave this week about this. It's kind of one plus one equals two. When I'm not walking with God, either because I'm, I'm busy or I, I'm tired or I'm sick or sometimes there's just rebellion or I just want to like be with Jason and have Jason time. And it might be those kind of things. But when I'm not walking with God, what I've found is that my appetite, the last thing I want is to be with God. Is that fair to say? Have y'all been there before? Or just me? That's awkward. But when we stop walking with God, we literally find our appetites wane. But also the other is true. As we begin to walk with God day in and day out, as the psalmist says, we taste and see the Lord is good. You know what we want more of? We want more of him. And so you might be here today and you might be like me a lot of times in my life and feel far away from God, have yelled at your kids, have blown it at work and you just, the last thing you want is to walk with God. Here's my encouragement, take a step today. It will be a step of faith and discipline because you will not feel like it. And take a step the next day and the next day. And by that fourth or fifth day, I'm not saying there'll be fireworks or you're not gonna heal people, but I do believe this, your appetite for the things of God, for the presence of God, they will grow as we walk with him, as we're near him something happens. Here's why. It's his presence is what we are after, friends. What we need is the presence of God in our lives to transform our lives. And we see it here on this road to Emmaus, right? As they are with Jesus, they literally are walking in the cool of the day. And they sit and they have a meal and they break bread and they experience the fullness of joy that only comes from the presence of God. In that moment, their lives are changed. And then he vanishes. (laughs) And I'm not sure why he vanishes, but I know this. I know what happens next. They recount their experience of being with Jesus. They have this moment, and then he's gone, and they recount the moment. They say this phrase. Their hearts 
burned. Their hearts burned within them from being with Jesus. Can we pray for a moment? Uh, Dear Father, as we are recounting this story of your love and persistence and glory, Will you make us alive? Will you open our eyes? Will you draw us near to you, Father, and make our hearts burn for you? I ask all this in your name. Amen. So we were made as spiritual beings, right? And as physical beings as well. And we primarily see now through a physical lens, right? Even Paul talks about 2 Corinthians where he says, see by faith and not by sight. He's saying, look at the spiritual realm and not the earthly realm. And here's what happens every day when we wake up, is we have this spiritual breath inside of us and every single day through a phone call, through a text, through a mistake, through a sin, we have the literal breath knocked out of us. And we're just breathing, we're just, we're just dying for breath. Do you feel that in your bones sometimes? Like, I can't, I can't go on another moment, another day. This is too much. This is too hard. I am too disappointed in myself. God has let me down. I've let God down. I'm tired of this person. I'm tired of this child. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And it's because there is this spiritual breath that's been knocked out of us. And then we turn to the wrong well over and over just to make it through the day, right? We turn to pornography, We turn to alcohol, we turn to people, we turn to money, we turn to stuff, we turn to kids, we turn to accomplishments, yet we're still out of breath, yet we're still dying, we're still withering, we're like chaff that the wind blows away, we're literally wasting away. But the Father is here. And as we hear this, hear this, have you ever been with your child and your child's crying so much where you just hold them? And you start breathing slowly to calm them down. And over time, through the warmth of a a parent's embrace, the child begins to slow down, to calm down, and to match your breathing. That is why we walk with the Father. We're breathing too much, we're breathing too fast, We're running out of oxygen. And there's one thing that will slow a weary heart down. It's the presence of the Father. We must walk with him. Friends, you are not made to have hearts that are cold. You're made to have hearts that burn on fire for God and the things of God and the people far away from God. And we become too settled with this counterfeit stuff in this world. But the Father... It's right there. Listen, you've walked out of step. I know you have because I have. We all have. We all fallen short, right? We know Romans 3, right? We've all fallen short. But hear this today. As you have fallen short, the Father is not looking at you with disdain if you put your faith in him. He's looking at you with love and compassion saying, come back to me. Come walk and step with me.
And as we become alive, more and more and more alive. Listen, one of my prayers for myself, my family, for us, the church, that we would be alive people. I think uh, we have made stoicism an art in, in the church, right? Where we just think, our God is a great God. And we just, we like revel in our lack of emotion. Listen, Jesus Christ came and died and saved and rescued you, resurrected and brought you new life. We should be full of joy, church, full of life, full of emotion, full of tears because there's sheep without a shepherd. Yet we come in day in, day out, limping around. It's because we don't know how to walk with the father. Let's walk with him. And as we're being made alive, we come to this last point, verse 33. And then they rose that same hour and they went back to Jerusalem. I'm not sure what they were doing here, by the way. Um, just walking around. And that's part of their people, I guess. They just walk in circles. And they found the 11 and, and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord is risen indeed. And has appeared to Simon they told what had happened on the road, how he was known to them in breaking the bread. Do you see what happened? They were confused. They were sad. And now they're declaring that he is risen. Listen, walking with God changes our story. Walking with God changes our story. Amen, church? We were far away, but God, he brought us near. He made us new. We're a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. We see they went from unsure to proclaiming. And too many times our story each day reflects a pre-resurrection story or a pre-resurrection identity, doesn't it? Where we are lost, we're confused, we're hopeless, and life inherently becomes then about surviving, about striving, about ourselves, about the things of this physical world. We, we forget the resurrection, right? But our story is not that we have to hide ourselves in shame like Adam and Eve did. We are back to walking with God in the cool of the day. We are free, we are clean, we are clothed with the perfect righteousness of Jesus, so walk with him. It's now your birthright, it's your toy to play with, it's your greatest treasure, it's to simply be and to walk with him. And what happens is in this shift, it becomes, it's a shift from Jason-centered to kingdom-centered because my story has changed. And a change in our story is a change in our purpose. So it makes sense that, that shift right there. Here's what I mean. It's from the secret place and walking with God that our job is stops being a paycheck and starts becoming a kingdom assignment in the secret place. Because every day we forget that our job is not simply a job. Our house, not simply a house. Our, our activities aren't simply activities. They are literal kingdom assignments that we're sent to do. Let's land the plane. Walking with God is the secret to life. As we walk with him, we get clarity. We're made alive and our story is changed. But here's the question I want to spend our last few minutes with is how? Like, that's great. You, you, Jason, you, you, you ranted for a good 30 minutes and I'm on board with you, but how do I do this? I think even with this passage, we can see 
how when people actually walked with the physical Jesus, like on this road to Emmaus, that we can see how that would happen. And how as he broke bread and he unpacked the scriptures, how we would have our hearts burned. We, we can see that. But how can we walk with him when he's not physically here? Right? A few things. First, we have the word, the scriptures. John 1 says that Jesus was the word. The word became flesh and it dwelt among us and it's through his life. The prophets before him, the accounts of the church after him, that we have this scripture. We have the word and hear this, the word is sufficient for everything we need for godliness. But it's not just the word that we have. God sent the helper. God sent himself to indwell in us. And here's what's more scandalous than that. Jesus said it's better for him to go and the spirit to come and to indwell us. And guess what the spirit does? Who does he point us to? To Jesus, to truth, to reality. So hear this, through the word and the spirit, we can walk with God today. Through the word and the spirit, we can walk with God today. Just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, our hearts can be burned the same kind of way today as we walk with him. Here's how. Psalm 1, covenant favorite, Psalm 1. And I won't do the whole thing, but I won't look at this one part of Psalm 1. It says here, the psalmist says this, and I want to remind you in Psalm 1, this is the beginning of the book of Psalms, the greatest prayer book and song book ever. And Psalm 1 starts to set up the entire book of Psalms with a psalm on the word and instruction of the Lord. And it's because it's his word, it's his instruction, it's his way that leads us to pray, praise him, worship him, and pray to him. It says here, his delight, the happy man, the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. A, a better translation for law really is instruction right there. Is the instruction of the Lord. And this instruction of the Lord, church, hear this. It is this, for us post-resurrection people, it is the way of Jesus. So happy is the man who delights in the way of Jesus. And on this way, here comes, he meditates day and night. The blessed man, the man who walks with God in the presence of God, hear this, he meditates day and night on the way of Jesus. And meditate here at its root simply means to read, think on, and repeat, and repeat, and repeat. It's almost like this mumbling they do. Think about this. If I was right now, say, hey, give me a call in five minutes. Here's my number. I would tell you my number. What would you do? Without a pen or a phone, you would start just saying the number over and over again, right? So you remember the number. That is the picture of meditation. Is that you hear it and you repeat it. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And as you repeat, it sinks and it sinks and you walk and you walk with God. So here's how we do this. Here is how we're gonna ask you to be all in this week. There's three R's. It's not a cool acronym unless you wanna say er, but it's, you know, it's, it's three R's. It's the best I could do. Um, actually, I kinda like er, but um, the, <laughs> you remember that now. The, uh, the three R's, first, read. 
<laughs> read the scriptures. And so we got a reading plan up here for you. You have that slide, uh, Christian? Boom, that's it. The entire church, we're asking you, this is a very simple reading plan. It's called Walking in the Light. It's gonna walk us through 1 John. You can read it probably in about two minutes every single day. All in. If you already have a reading plan, do this one too. Take you two minutes. Get your phones out. That's right. Let's all get on this thing. And here is the goal. Every day this week, let's read the word together. Let's be all in on reading. That's the first R is to read. Second, reflect. As you read, as we combine praying and reading, as you read, one thing will stand out. One thing will stand, I promise you, one thing in that passage and the devotion will stand out. Take that one thing, write it down, and go to our third R, repeat. Whatever stood out from the reading that day, repeat it to yourself throughout the day. Repeat to yourself. So yesterday I was in 2 Corinthians and um, it was walk by faith, not by sight. 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 And what that did throughout my day, at many times I felt like I was with God, walking with God. And then when I stumbled, because I did many times yesterday, I would say, dear Lord, forgive me. Help me walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith. And what happens is we find ourselves walking with God in the cool of the day as we change diapers, as we do spreadsheets, as we return emails, as we fold laundry, as we mow the grass, we're walking with God. The three R's, read, reflect, repeat. But elephant in the room, the big obstacle, if I'm honest, is our pride in our time. Is our pride in our time. Many of us, honestly, we have trouble, and I, and I have empathy for this because I am not a person... Um, like when Luke preaches, you leave impressed. When I preach, like, man, he was sweaty today. And, and it, because I, I don't think like some of you think in this room that are very, very smart. And so I have trouble many times understanding scripture. I do. But, but here, is, here is the real key, church. I want you to hear this. If you have trouble understanding, that is okay. You know why? Because we come to him with childlike faith. Not professional faith, not smart faith, not well-studied faith, but childlike faith. And I have now been a father for a few years. And here's one thing I can tell you as a father. One of the greatest joys of being a father is this right here. So my kids were two or three or four years old, and I would say words. They would listen to my word. And they couldn't say it right back. I would say, hey, <laughs> I'll give you an example. So we're watching the Cowboys dominate last week and a commercial for The Voice came on and Reba's on The Voice this year, in case y'all don't know that. And so I see this commercial like a thousand times. And Hayes years ago heard us talking about Reba McIntyre and he called her Reba McIntyre or something like that. And um, hearing him say that so incorrectly made his father's heart full of joy. You know the words your kids used to say incorrectly? because they were trying to learn how to walk and speak. As a father, as a parent, were you ever unhappy with your kids in those moments? Never. When your kids would try to listen 
and understand and talk and walk, our response as parents is like, yes, you can do it. Come on, come learn. And guess what? As we walk and we mess up words over time, we understand words. The same is true with scripture, but we have to come with some childlike faith, church, that we might not fully understand this, but we trust that our father is good. And over time, he will reveal himself to us as we keep coming and coming and coming to him. Humble and hungry kids find the kingdom of God. Humble and hungry kids find the kingdom of God. But too many times we are full, we are sure of ourselves, and we are old people, friends. So that's the challenge today, is can we walk in this childlike faith that we know that know that know that know that knows that knows that we need the Father, that we want to return back to Genesis 3, to walk in the cool of the day with him. Let me pray for us. Dear Father, you're infinitely patient with us and extravagantly good to us. So Father, help us to just take the step today. Maybe for the first time, Maybe for the millionth time, but Lord, help us to walk and step with you. And as the great song says, step by step, let us seek you, let us find you, Father. Let your kindness today not lead us to shame or to hiding, but lead us to repentance, Father. As you bring correction, as you bring discipline, as you bring next steps, Father. Reveal yourself to us. We love you. I pray all this in your name. Amen. I've got to say this. You might be here today and you have never, ever walked with God because you never put your faith in him. Well, I would tell you today, today's a great day to do that. We have a prayer team in the back. You want to talk to the prayer team about putting your faith in Christ or write on a card, whatever you might do, but take that step. And, And if you have put your faith in Christ today, walk with him. If you've gotten out of step, Take a step today. Step back in faith. We're going to take communion here, which is this beautiful picture of God's presence back in our lives. That his body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us. And if you're not a believer in Jesus, if you don't kind of follow all this, this is not for you. This is for those who put their faith in him. Not for just members of our church, but for people who put their faith in Jesus. So before you come, I would encourage you to just talk with God. Have time with him. And when you're ready, come and partake.